over the last couple of decades, AI has been hidden. Mm. You know, we use it every day without right. knowing about it. What has happened over the last nine months mm -hmm. is AI got a UX. It is the model equivalent right. of TCP IP, the internet getting mm -hmm. the browser. You know, we are in a AI UX revolution. Don't start a company because it is sexy to start mm -hmm. an AI company. Right. Start a company because you have a vision. Mm -hmm. You have a belief right. that something should be new and different. Existing technology helps you track progress, mm -hmm. helps you track your steps. AI takes you from tracking to recommending. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Featured Product. This week, I'm incredibly excited to be sitting down with a well-known name in tech, Pankaj Kedia. Pankaj, it's so nice to have you on the podcast today. I'm delighted to be here, Max. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure, Pankaj. So Pankaj, just to give a little bit of background, uh, you've been a tech entrepreneur at some of the biggest tech companies in the world for quite some time, uh, having been a major part of incubating a range of businesses inside of Qualcomm and Intel over the last 25 years. Um, for those who aren't familiar with that term, would you mind just quickly kind of defining what an entrepreneur is? Yeah, so, so Max, an entrepreneur <laughs> is someone who starts new businesses inside big companies. Um, I've been fortunate to be at the right place at the right time inside Intel and Qualcomm, where um, I was part of starting a number of new device segments. Mm. We'll talk more about that. An entrepreneur is somebody who starts businesses outside. Mm. Uh, so my story, Max, is I've been an entrepreneur. I'm becoming an entrepreneur. Mm. I've been an inventor, innovator. I'm becoming an investor. Mm. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about this. Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I was incredibly excited to kind of have you on because you have such a range of experience across kind of the whole scope of the industry, right? From the inside out and the outside in, right? So that kind of being said, let's talk a little bit about what got you to that position. How did you find yourself kind of as an entrepreneur? I grew up in India. Um, I went to perhaps the best engineering school, not only in India, but across Asia. Hmm the Indian Institute of Technology in Rurki. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my parents were about 500 miles away. Okay. Um, and the primary way of communicating was writing a letter, which, which took, you know, one or two weeks to get there. Mm. Um, if you wanted to make a phone call, we had to go to this room mm. where we booked a phone call. Oh, wow. we, we booked a trunk call. Mm. Under normal circumstances, it would take 12 to 24 hours to connect. Wow. If I paid 10 times more, oh. then I could book an urgent phone call, a lightning phone call, mm. which would take 30 to 60 minutes to connect. Okay. So um, every time I wanted to get in touch with my parents, mm. I would go to this 
place, I would book a trunk call. Most of the time, I did it the standard way. Mm-hmm. And then we had runners, mm. the like people. Yeah. Uh, I gave them my schedule for mm. the next 24 hours. And as they were getting ready to book the trunk call, the runner would come running, find me, and then I would go running. And I would talk to my parents for uh-huh. two or three minutes. I could not afford wow. uh, much longer than that, right? Right. Um, right? So we were not connected. It mm. was a pain to be connected. Right. My number one goal coming to the U.S. Mm-hmm. was to change that. Yeah. So, you know, I went to good schools. I went to the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my business school from Wharton, University of Pennsylvania. The first decade mm-hmm. of my working life was riding the internet mm. or helping all of us right. uh, take advantage of the internet. You know, when I entered the workforce, we were living in a desktop PC mm. world, a desktop. Right. That means to access the internet, you had to go to your desk. You had to go to your den. You had to right. go to your work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, along with very smart people at Intel, mm-hmm. we made the internet go mobile. Wow. We drove the uh, coming of the laptop PC. Mm-hmm. With the laptop PC, you could take your internet wherever your lap goes, wherever you go. Uh, right. you, you could work in a plane. You could work in a train. You could mm-hmm. work on the beach. You could work at Starbucks. Right. So um, the first decade, um, I was fortunate to be at the right place at the right time yeah. and untether the internet experience from mm-hmm. Primarily desktop to mobile. Mm. Um, in the second decade, yeah. uh, I had marketing roles, product roles, business development roles, ecosystem roles mm-hmm. to take the internet from sitting down from your lap mm-hmm. to wherever you are. Right. Um, that's when the advent of handhelds, tablets, mm. smartphones happened. Right. Um, so, you, you know, wherever you are, mm-hmm. you could experience the power of the internet. You didn't right. have to be sitting down. You could mm-hmm. be standing in a queue. You, you might be going for a run. Right. Um, and that was exciting. Um, over the last decade, yeah. I had the honor and privilege to start the wearable business mm. for Qualcomm. Right. I ran it for 10 years. And, you know, wearables are a part of you, are a mm-hmm. part of me. Right. They, they represent who I am. Mm-hmm. And incubating the wearable business, growing it to tens of millions of units um, has been incredibly exciting. So um, I have written mm-hmm. the internet way, the mobile way, yeah. the wearable way. Right. At times... Um, I had the honor of 
shaping these waves, mm-hmm. of accelerating these waves. Right. Since leaving Qualcomm earlier this year, mm-hmm. I've become an investor. Right. Um, I have pivoted to AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working with lots and lots of companies, lots and lots of startup founders and CEOs um, to help them create mm. new businesses, to help them create uh, new categories. And uh, it is incredibly exciting to be working with, you know, ambitious founders. Um, so um, it has been a long journey, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm proud of everything we have been able to uh, accomplish. Oh, as you should be. Absolutely. And I love the way that you break that up, right? Uh, kind of quantifying the the decades as eras, right? And I think that's spot on, is to say that you were kind of at the front of this wave of bringing the internet with you places, right? And so then what's the logical kind of next step there? It's it's on your wrist, right? It's it's here. It's it's within your the palm of your hand. Um, so all that being said, what was it that you saw from a kind of macro perspective that made you say, "I think the future is in AI and, and in investing in these companies"? Yeah, yeah. So you you know, um, my career has been using technology mm-hmm. to empower people, right? to help them connect, um, to make it easy for every man, every woman, every child, mm-hmm. even every pet, um, to change the way how you how you work, how you live, right. how you play, how you share, how you communicate. Um, AI is not new. The first versions of AI mm-hmm. were born in the 1950s. Actually, when I was going to the University of Michigan, mm-hmm. my graduate thesis was in AI. Okay. After Michigan, I worked at Navista mm. in the artificial intelligence group. My first job was in AI. Um, over the last couple of decades, AI has been hidden. Mm. You know, we use it every day without right. knowing about it. We use it when you when you take a Uber ride mm-hmm. or when you search on Google right. or when you take a picture or when you're playing games, mm-hmm. what has happened over the last nine months mm-hmm. is AI got a UX. Mm. AI got ChatGPT or right. Bard or other variants. Mm-hmm. It is the model equivalent right. of TCPIP, the internet, getting mm-hmm. the browser. Mm. Um, it, it is the equivalent of the smartphone, the mobile phone, right. getting a UX with mm. BlackBerry and the iPhone. Right. So um, once AI gets the UX, mm-hmm. you know, we are in a AI UX revolution. I see. We are in generative AI revolution. Right. You and I Mm-hmm. can now access AI. We can relate to AI. So I think the next five or 10 years will be nothing short of revolutionary. Mm. I saw this coming maybe 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already been investing in AI. Okay. Um, but uh, when I saw 
that AI is going to get UX, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, I could feel that AI has been puttering around right? and the hockey stick will start. Mm. That's exactly what has happened, you know, yeah. since November last year. Right. And um, uh, investing in AI, mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, that's how I was born. Right. So I'm like going back to my roots. Yeah. Um, and working with founders, mm-hmm. helping them grow, helping them go from zero to one or one to 10, one to 100 mm-hmm. um, is not only exciting, but immensely fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You know, AI is perhaps the first technology mm-hmm. that's truly global in nature. Right. If you, if you look at the internet, mm-hmm. it was mostly born in the US mm-hmm. and then it went to places around the world. Um, if you look at the mobile phone, mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, the first versions of the mobile phone were born in the US. They moved to Europe. Then Silicon Valley with Apple and Android really drove the smartphone growth. Mm. With AI, more than half the countries around the world Mm-hmm. More than 100 countries are actively investing, mm. uh, you know, whether it's China or India, right. whether okay. it is part of Europe, parts of Europe, mm-hmm. um, of course, in the U.S. So much investment, so much excitement right. is going that being in the middle of it mm-hmm. in a global phenomena where you know the hockey stick is going to beat all hockey sticks. It's the mother of hockey sticks. Yep. Um, What could be more exciting than that? 100%. No, absolutely. And I I love that characterization, right? It's kind of a a comparison that I've heard a lot that I don't think is super apt is comparing AI to crypto, right? Or, Or to blockchain, which I think the blockchain has its uses for sure and is a valuable technology. But AI, like you said, and I think your career kind of mirrors this, is something that has been underneath the technology that we use every day for as long as the technology has been around, right? Refining it, making it better, more intuitive. And so it's kind of the sleeping giant that's now waking up to kind of create that hockey stick growth that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, um, people ask me, Mm. is AI hype Mm. or is AI real? Yeah. And my answer is yes. (laughs) AI will touch... Every one of us, it will mm-hmm. touch every segment. It will touch right. every vertical. It will touch enterprise and consumer. Mm-hmm. AI is building on top of the internet revolution, the mobile revolution, the, the cloud advances. Mm-hmm. Um, so the possibilities are literally limitless. Yes. Uh, is there hype? Sure. Every mm-hmm. new technology has some hype, but if you unveil the curtain, mm-hmm. there is a lot happening. A lot Absolutely. of good is happening that will truly change how we live our lives, you know, over the next few years. Mm-hmm. 100%. I, so to that person, and, and I think that your experience is, is one of a kind here, would you almost liken it to when you were bringing laptops to the market, when you were bringing smartphones, wearables to the market? You know, when we were bringing laptops to market, Mm. at that time, this is 25 years ago, 
um, in the industry, there were maybe 200 million desktops. Right. 200 of the 6 billion people at the time right. had access to a PC, right? Mm-hmm. And less than 10% were using laptops. Actually, mm-hmm. the first laptops were used not for mobility, mm-hmm. but for space saving okay. in Japan um, because the offices were small. And oh. instead of having enough space for a desktop tower, mm-hmm. PC, um, people were using laptops. Mm-hmm. What we showed was the laptop, the cost of ownership was mm-hmm. higher. It, it cost more to buy a laptop. It cost more to manage the laptop. Mm-hmm. But the total benefit of ownership mm. was much, much higher. It more than made up for the higher cost. Right. With a laptop, you were not working eight to five and living Mm. five to eight, you could be more flexible. Right. You know, your work-life balance Mm -hmm. um, was something you could manage better. Um, You could could work anywhere. Um, Mm. You you know, if you had a one-hour train ride, um, it was productive time. If you had a flight from San Diego to New York, it was productive time, right? so what happened in the first decade was the desktop PC owners started buying laptop PC because it gave them freedom, it gave them mobility, it gave them flexibility. But also with the rise of the internet, mm-hmm. laptop growth was unfettered. Mm-hmm. And you know, after the first decade, more than 70% of the people were using a laptop instead of a desktop. Mm. They were accessing, they were benefiting from the power of the internet uh, wherever they were, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mobile or smartphone Mm. made it, made the internet accessible to many, many people around the world. Uh, In places like Pakistan and Mm. Haiti, in right. China and in India, mm. the first taste of the internet yeah. was on the mobile phone, not mm. the laptop. I see. So, um, mobile phone, mm. you know, literally made internet pervasive. Right. So now, mm. all of us have some kind of device. I have many devices. All of us mm. have access to the internet. In comes AI. AI builds on top of the innovations Mm -hmm. around internet and mobile and cloud. And so there is this multiplicative effect Mm. where everybody, if you have access to the internet, you have access to AI. If you have access to any kind of device, mobile device Mm. connected to the cloud, you have access to to AI. Right. Mm. Um, so uh, that is enabling I see. many, many people mm-hmm. to incubate new businesses. It is enabling you and I to benefit from all of the mm. innovation in AI. Um, mm. So I, I think uh, AI is much bigger than yeah. internet or mobile or cloud. Wow. AI will accelerate much mm-hmm. faster than those previous technologies. 
Right. And, and you know, these previous technologies were not web, right? Mm-hmm. They, they grew really fast. Right. Um, so, so the future is bright. Uh, the possibilities are endless. And uh, I couldn't be more excited about where we are today. Absolutely. And as somebody who's, you know, interfacing with these companies every day, who's looking for new companies, what is it kind of in the market? You know, it's, it's becoming saturated pretty quickly that you're looking for when you're looking for an AI company. Is it, is it concept? Is it founder? Um, is it track record? What's kind of the, uh, the indicators of success there? Yeah, so that, that's a very good question, um, Max. Uh, maybe I'll break your question into two. Sounds good. Where are the opportunities in AI? Mm-hmm. And what do I look for when I invest in AI? Right? Perfect. Um, so where are the opportunities in AI? Uh, there are three or four layers of opportunities. Mm-hmm. The, the bottom layer is the required hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seen the excitement around NVIDIA. Right. Uh, we have seen, we have heard what AMD and Intel and Qualcomm are trying to do mm-hmm. in the hardware space. There are a few very interesting startups mm-hmm. um, working on customized chipsets, customized technology right. for AI. So mm-hmm. that's that's the first layer. The second layer are the large language models. Mm-hmm. It started with GPT, yeah. uh, went to what Google is doing. Mm-hmm. Increasingly, we are seeing personal language models mm-hmm. that are tuned to you and I as a person. Increasingly, we are seeing domain-specific models or DLMs. Mm -hmm. So examples would be, you know, for education, Mm -hmm. for medical, for lawyers, for finance. Mm -hmm. That's the second layer. The third layer Mm -hmm. is what I call the infrastructure or middleware. Mm -hmm. So as AI becomes pervasive, we would need new models for security, Mm. for managing devices, for data analytics. There's a lot of action there. Mm -hmm. And then last but not the least, applying AI in consumer space, in vertical space. Mm. You know, in the vertical space, healthcare, Mm. education, in the accounting space, in the legal space, in the manufacturing space, in the assembly line, in Mm -hmm. farming, in mining, every one of these verticals is getting transformed, will get Mm. transformed because of the benefit of AI. So um, there are opportunities at every level. Mm -hmm. When I look for an investment, I'm an early stage investor. I primarily look for, is the market big enough? Mm. And is the founder ambitious enough? I see. If the founder is super good, Mm -hmm. he or she will pivot if the current business plan is not working. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, If the market is big and the founder is good, he or she will figure out how to take advantage of the market. The question I ask is, what's your vision, Mm. Mr. Founder, Ms. Founder? How do you want to change the game? Right. Um, I have not met a founder 
who said, Pankaj, today I just want to chill. I don't want to change the game, right? right. Um, so, so working with these founders is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, it comes down to what if his vision, what if her vision mm-hmm. materializes? I see. Um, will that be a big enough opportunity? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, then I'll go to the second level of due diligence and mm-hmm. I will likely invest. If it is not, right. I walk away. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, you know, um, doing a startup yeah. is hard. As an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, I got in early right. with the first laptops, with the first mm-hmm. tablets, with the first smartphones. Right. Um, I started wearable with zero. Mm-hmm. And the overnight success did not come overnight. You, right. you know, it required uh, right. lots of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. The highs were higher. The lows were lower. Mm-hmm. As a startup founder, as the CEO, yeah. it's a very tough life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be 10 different things that can go wrong. Right. As an investor, if you start obsessing about, mm-hmm. you know, this can go wrong, this can go wrong, this can go wrong, right. you would never invest, right? right. So right. Um, as an early stage investor, you are investing mm-hmm. in the market and you're investing in the founder. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, over the last few years, um, I've invested in over 100 startups, wow. um, 100 early stage companies. Yeah, uh, They are generally at the intersection of AI mm-hmm. and different verticals. Okay. My priorities are healthcare, mm-hmm. sports and fitness, right. industrial, mm-hmm. um, industrial as in manufacturing, mining, farming, construction, logistics, retail, Mm -hmm. finance, and clean energy. Um, I've done some investments in consumer as well, but it Mm -hmm. has always been at the intersection of the latest in technology, which happens to be AI at the time, uh, Mm -hmm. at this time, and then these verticals. And um, it, it is so much fun. You know, watching your babies uh, uh, grow up. I'm sure. And, and change the game. No, absolutely. I like the way you put that. It's nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? I think exactly. that's, that's very much what it comes down to. So you have a, yeah. a faith in the founder and in the market, right? You know that this market is expanding. You know that AI is going to touch everything. So it sounds like you're spreading out in the things that you believe in and then investing in the people that you believe in within those spaces. You got it. You got Perfect. It. Perfect. And do you uh, personally enjoy doing investment as much as you enjoy doing entrepreneurship? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you're working with one product at a time, at mm-hmm. one company at a time. Yeah. As an investor, I'm working with many, many products, many, right. many business ideas, many, many founders. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm still able to leverage what I learned as an entrepreneur, right, with the startups I support, mm-hmm. um, but it is it is very exciting. Um, you, you know, um, uh, big companies yeah. um, are able to scale faster mm-hmm. when um, when the technology is mature, 
mm-hmm. when the business model is spelled out right when the customers are there mm-hmm. uh, when the ecosystem has matured right a startup is starting up right the need finding the first customer mm. uh, building the ecosystem the early stage startup going from a pre-seed to a seed right seed to series a a to b b to c right um, it's much steeper learning curve mm. much more exciting right and and i thrive in that yeah no i'm sure i'm sure it's a lot of fun but you you do mention kind of the um the challenges right that come with that because when you're doing that demand generation when you're you're feeding a market that maybe doesn't even exist today but you know is going to exist tomorrow there are a lot of unique challenges that come with that what is kind of your biggest piece of advice that you find yourself giving to founders that are in this space yeah don't give up um yeah. don't start a company because it is sexy to start mm-hmm. an ai company right start a company because you have a vision mm-hmm. you have a belief right. that something should be new and different mm. you have a long term vision right stick to it you will have day to day you will have many challenges you will have higher highs and lower lows right but you cannot give up so it's a it's a marathon it's not a sprint mm-hmm. but at the end of the marathon um you know you would have changed the game right you would have impacted many many lives and so have fun yeah while running the marathon right never give up that's perfect no 100% it's great advice so i i do uh just for the sake of everybody who's listening want to make sure that i get a little bit into, more into your background just cuz you have such a fascinating background so kind of on that theme i'm sure that in your time doing entrepreneurship because similarly you were bringing a lot of products to market markets that maybe didn't exist at the time that you were bringing them what were some of the bigger challenges that you faced during those times that have kind of shaped you into the the investor and and entrepreneur that you are today yeah yeah so you know um as a entrepreneur mm-hmm. the corporation you're working at mm-hmm. has the core business the right. main business it's generating lots of cash mm-hmm. both intel and qualcom are very good companies right you know intel generated so much cash in the mm-hmm. pc business now doing so in the cloud business yeah qualcom of course um invented wireless in different shapes and forms right um qualcom changed the game with mm-hmm. the smartphone we know and love at these companies mm-hmm. when you try to start a new business sometimes it can be distracting mm-hmm. to the main business right so not everybody will support you mm-hmm. um you know before you get a yes you'll get 10 no's right you cannot give up mm-hmm. you have to find that one champion who will support you you know despite the odds right when you start a new business you start at zero mm-hmm. 
you don't become a billion dollar business without becoming a $10 million business and $100 million business, right? Um, mm-hmm. In large companies such as Intel and Qualcomm, 10 million, 100 million, even a billion dollars mm-hmm. does not move the needle. Right. So, so to get the resources, to get mm-hmm. the attention, you have to stay at it, right. not give up, have your champion support you, mm-hmm. and build the house brick by brick, right? right. And, and someday mm-hmm. it will move the needle. Mm-hmm. You have to have that faith. You right. have to have that trust. Um, day to day, it's, it's not easy. Um, number three, you have to have not just the management behind you, Mm -hmm. but, but a good team behind you. You have to have customers wanting you to support them. Mm -hmm. You have to build the ecosystem from scratch. Right. Right. Um, a good example in the wearable space is um, Android has been very successful. Mm. At Qualcomm, we work very closely with Google to make Android Wear, or now it is called Wear OS. Mm. So Android for wearables, yeah. successful. And it, it was not a straight line. Right. Mm. Um, so um, um, starting anything. Is not easy. Um, starting in a big company where you have all these constraints, mm. um, you have to work around those. Right. If I go to a startup, mm. you know, you, you're always looking for financial support. In a mm-hmm. big company, financial support is easier to get. Um, yes. In a startup, financial support, you're always looking for. Right. Um, you, you are. Um, always going to Sandhill Road and mm. looking for, you know, angel investing or right. venture investing. You have to chart your own course. Mm. You have to find product market fit. You have right. to find the first customer to go to market. You have to find ways to scale. So mm. some of the challenges are very similar. Yeah. Of course, the context is very different. Right. 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 I see. That makes a lot of sense. So that being the case, right, funding being kind of the the variable when you're an entrepreneur versus kind of buy-in and and belief being the variable when you're an entrepreneur, you've had both experiences, right? Between the two, it sounds like conviction is is the thing that really guides you, right? It's the fact that you personally feel the problem that you want to solve and and you felt it yourself and you felt that it was going to be a guiding force in your life, right? The fact that connection was, was so difficult and that with each step of the way, you're making it more and more accessible. So it sounds like if you're a founder, what you should aim for is to have a problem, right? <laughs> to have a problem that you can solve, that you can go out and be the person to provide an answer to. Does that sound like a fair characterization? You know, I have always believed that the future can be better than it is today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether it's in the enterprise space or consumer space, right. um, whether it is in hardware or software. Mm-hmm. whether it is with the internet or mobile or AI, right. the future will be better than mm-hmm. today. And if I'm running the team, I have the power, I have mm-hmm. the influence, 
I have the wherewithal right. to make it so. Every founder, every entrepreneur, every entrepreneur mm. has to believe those two things. The future mm. will be better than today. Right. And he or she has the power to make it so. Mm-hmm. Once you have that conviction, once you have the vision of what the future can be, and you're not willing to give up, you will work harder and smarter every day. Mm-hmm. That's what brings you closer to success. Absolutely. I love that. I hope every entrepreneur is taking notes. <laughs> so, that, so that being said, um, I actually, I see you've got a couple of wearables on your wrist now. Um, and like we talked about, you were on the forefront of that revolution. I, it seems a little bit obvious. I'm sure it was a lot less obvious at the time, laptops and smartphones, right? But wearables, I'm just so fascinated. Where did that idea originate? What kind of gave you that buy-in to say, hey, this is something that we should invest resources and time into? And what was it like getting that over the hump to be such a massive success? You know, when we went from the desktop PC to to the laptop PC, Mm -hmm. the use case was very similar. It was Mm -hmm. the same applications, the same internet on the laptop. You could access these use cases wherever you went. Right. When you went from the laptop PC mm-hmm. to the smartphone, yeah. in the first few years, you were basically taking the PC app mm-hmm. and bringing it to the smartphone. Mm-hmm. But then over time, new use cases emerged. Mm-hmm. You know, what came first, Uber or the smartphone? What came first, TikTok or or smartphone? Uh, What came first, Airbnb or smartphone? What came first, Snapchat or smartphone, right? Uh, So um, Mm. all of these new use cases came about because Mm. there was a powerful platform in the smartphone and new applications, new services emerged that brought many more users that changed how we think about being mobile, right? Just mm. imagine running around with your laptop um, looking for an Uber drive. Right. Work, right? <laughs> um, I see the same thing mm. when we go from the smartphone to a wearable. Mm. Um, the first customers were smartphone customers. Mm-hmm. You know, Samsung, LG, right. Apple, right? Um, and the first set of applications mm-hmm. came from the smartphone. Instead of looking at the calendar on your smartphone, you, you get a notification here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, messaging, you get a notification here, right? right. Um, but over time, the smartphone became a platform on its own. Mm. And many, many new apps, new services, new use cases emerged. Right. Um, I'll I'll give you some examples. Yeah. Um, You you know, um, we are so much healthier today. Mm. We are so much active today. Uh, We know how we slept. Mm -hmm. We can do something about it, right? Right. Um, This platform, has truly become your health and fitness platform. Mm-hmm. 
over the last two or three years, uh, COVID accelerated the trend. Mm. You know, before COVID, I would go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Now the doctor comes to me. Mm. The nurse comes to me. They right. come to me through my smartwatch. They know who I am. They have access to my vitals. Mm-hmm. They can do remote patient monitoring. Right. Because they have access to where I am, who I am, what my vitals are, right? Um, another example, we, uh, at Qualcomm, we, we brought fashion mm-hmm. and technology together, right? right? Um, I like to say we carry technology, mm-hmm. but wear fashion. Right. So, so think about a smartwatch. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wear technology. Mm. You, you don't want to wear something yeah. that looks like a smartphone on your wrist. Totally. You want to wear something that is unique to you, mm-hmm. that differentiates you, that right. represents you, that's an extension of you. Mm-hmm. What that means is you have to put fashion first. You have to put user experience first. You have to put ID first. You have to put color first, right? See. And then you bring technology. So uh, so uh, we worked with the likes of Fossil in the U.S., okay. um, luxury brands like Louis Vuitton and Tag mm. Heuer in Europe to drive the convergence of fashion and technology. Mm. That use case did not exist before, right? Right. Um, Max, I, I can I can spend the full day talking about, um, you know, how sports and technology came yeah. together. Yeah. How increasingly my six-year-old and your nine-year-old mm. are using smartwatches for children, right, to stay connected with with you and I, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how the the senior population, right, as we as the population gets older, mm-hmm. um, you know, the silver generation mm-hmm. is increasingly relying on technology right. um, to stay connected with, with their sons and daughters, mm-hmm. um, with, with their doctors and nurses. Right. They're using wearable to do that. Even yeah. my pet, mm-hmm. uh, I know where my dog is, you, you know, <laughs> because he yep. has a pet tracker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know where he is. I know where I can find him. Mm-hmm. I know I will not lose him. Right. So um, in the early days, in chapter one, mm-hmm. you bring smartphone use case to a new form factor. I see. But in subsequent chapters, mm-hmm. you create new use cases. You bring mm-hmm. new users. You try to to impact the lives of every man, every woman, every child, every pet. Um, (laughs) And, you know, have everyone enjoy Mm. the benefits of technology. It's very empowering when you can do that. Oh, I'm sure. No, absolutely. I mean, it must be pretty cool to see people walking around with tech that you, you know, spearheaded that you created, designed, like just out in in the public. It's pretty amazing. so, so that being said, I, I, the kind of ties into something you said earlier, right? Which is that 
if you're going, if you're serious about getting into the space, you need to believe that the future is going to be better than today, right? So if I may ask, what are some of the kind of social possibilities, medical, whatever use case you see being enabled by AI maybe five years uh, from now? You, you know, um, the way I think about this is mm-hmm. existing technology helps you track progress, mm-hmm. helps you track your steps, right. how far you have run, how productive you are, mm-hmm. um, how, how many pieces you have sold in retail, um, how, how your uh, orange orchard is doing. Mm-hmm. AI takes you from tracking to recommending. Mm. AI tracks you, takes you from Mm. recommending to predicting. I see. So in the context of health variables, let's say, Mm -hmm. it's not enough to Mm. track my ECG, my heart rate, my steps, I want my wearable to recommend what mm. I should do day to day in the right. health fitness context. Mm. I want my wearable yeah. to predict if I'm going to get COVID right. or if I'm going to you know, get a heart attack mm-hmm. or if I'm uh, doing things that might lead me uh, closer to diabetes, right? Right. If I can do that early enough, I can do something about it. Mm-hmm. So, so think of AI as looking from looking back, yeah, which is tracking, mm-hmm. to making the present more interesting. That's recommending, mm-hmm. right? And looking ahead, that's predicting. Now you can apply that. Mm-hmm. To any use case, you, you know, think about um, think about retail. Mm. Instead of just tracking who's shopping what, if you can uh, recommend what mm. they should be buying, or if you can predict what your customer base would buy, you know, over the next month, over the next season over the next Mm -hmm. year, based on data you have collected, based Mm -hmm. on the large language models, you can do something about it. Think about it in the context of, um, say, the legal profession. Mm -hmm. You know, the legal profession has not changed Mm -hmm. for the last umpteen decades, right? Right. Um, Each lawyer, you know, each assistant to the lawyer Mm -hmm. um, has to read months and months of data right with ai mm. if you as a lawyer right can focus on not tracking data not mm. reading all of this but as a result right. what's your recommendation if you mm. can focus on predicting right what you you know predicting the next two or three or five chess moves mm. you you'll be a much better lawyer, right? Uh, So we we can apply this framework to any number of verticals Mm. and and we will see 
the power of AI, um, how it can truly change how we work and live and play and share. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it kind of feels like, you know, the first kind of waves that you described were capturing information, right? So providing the data, the landscape that we needed to kind of build up to where we are today. And that today it's about what do you do with that data, right? What are all of the, I mean, there are countless different things that you can do with the data that exists today, let alone the data that's going to be produced tomorrow. Um, and so that actually bridges into something that I wanted to ask you, because you, you mentioned uh, data and security uh, earlier as one of the facets um, of investment that makes sense in AI. What is your opinion on when it comes to data, when it comes to, you know, kind of the hot topic that is how do we collect data? How do we make sure that we get consent for data, all of these things um, and AI and, and its growth? How do you perceive those two things kind of moving in step going forward? Yeah, you, you know, um, without data, there would be no AI, right? right? Um, so, so data is foundational mm-hmm. to all of the benefits we are talking about. Right. There is public data mm-hmm. and there is private data. Right. Um, I don't want my private data right. to get out from um, my control, right? Right. Um, I don't want the large language models mm-hmm. to be training based on my private data. Right. Um, so that's where security and privacy become important. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Max, if you look at, you, you know, we, we talked about the internet growth. Right. We, we talked about all kinds of mobile devices. Mm-hmm. The amount of data we are generating every year mm-hmm. is literally the sum of all of the data we generated until the last year. Right. And, you know, it's, it's uh, truly exponential growth in data. Mm-hmm. So the machine, mm-hmm. the AI mm-hmm. is essentially a proxy for my brain mm-hmm. in a machine. Right? right. If the machine can chug all that data mm-hmm. and do something uh, beneficial with it, mm-hmm. more power to it. Right. There is a lot of discussion around, you know, AI become AGI. Mm-hmm. So, you know, AI is yeah. uh, the machine trying to mimic how I think, how I right. solve problems, right? Um, someday the machine will get smarter than how I think about things. Right. Then we enter the age of AGI, mm-hmm. artificial general intelligence. Right. And, and then the, the machine will be telling us, mm-hmm. you know, what's right, what's wrong. Right. And you, you want that recommendation, you want that prediction mm-hmm. um, to be based on good data, responsible data, Mm -hmm. private data treated as it should be treated. So the the two are intertwined. You you cannot uh, think about intelligence, artificial intelligence, you know, without thinking about data. 100%. No, that's a perfect answer. Um, We're running a little bit tight on time right now. 
but I do want to make sure that I, I just had a fun kind of last question. So I saw recently that uh, President, former President Barack Obama followed you on Twitter. Uh, that must yeah. have been a big moment. How did that feel? You, you know, um, um, I feel so lucky. Um, <laughs> um, I've had um, a really good run at Intel, at Qualcomm. Um, I feel very privileged to work with the talented startup founders and CEOs um, I get to work with every day. Um, I've been writing a lot about AI, mm-hmm. about the tremendous promise of AI, but also the scary mm. perils of AI. And, and so um, over the last few months, um, I've become more active Mm-hmm. on social media and um, I'm humbled uh, that that people like Barack Obama find my writings, my thoughts interesting enough uh, to follow me. So it, it's, a, it's a truly humbling experience oh, and sure. I couldn't be more thankful. Oh, I'm, I'm sure and very much deserved. You've contributed so much to the industry, to the community, and you've given so much back in the form of investing in the next generation. And truly just thank you for everything that you've done uh, throughout your career and everything that you're doing and, and will do. Um, it's very much appreciated. Thank you, Max. I, I enjoyed this. We should do this more often. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, you, you know, we, we live in very exciting times. Um, yeah. The future is bright. The future will be full of Abundance. Some mm-hmm. people are calling it the age of abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just glad to be uh, playing a small part in accelerating that future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Pankaj.